You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we're going to paint ourselves green to review the big green. But let's be honest, we're mostly going to be talking about Cruella today. But first, Eddie, how's the family? Good. It is good to see you, talk to you again. This is our first time, really, since our in-person... In-person episode, Live yes. episode. Um, so, yes, that was fun. Um, and we're recording this on Memorial Day, and we... Uh, I can hear fireworks going right now outside my, outside my window. I didn't know that that was a big really? thing, but evidently it is. I assumed fireworks were inappropriate for Memorial Day. Um, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's a faux pas we need to investigate. Um, no, we we celebrated how I think a lot of people celebrate with a trip to Lowe's for some mulch and flowers, um, which insider tip uh, for uh, for all of you Lowe's or home goods people you got to go to the back of the garden center because they've got the not so good looking plants on sale. Oh, this is big tips, big tips here. Um, you didn't know you were going to get this by listening today. And we had a little bit of a cold snap this weekend here in Indiana. And so right after we left, they had even more back there. So we were getting plants that were normally like, I don't know, $9 for a dollar. Wow. Because they were just trying to move them on. So we spent the day planting flowers. Have you ever tried to plant flowers with an almost three-year-old? Mm, I've Well, one, I've never tried to plant flowers, let alone <laughs> plant them with a three-year-old, almost three-year-old. It is, um, you try to do things with kids, right? Especially as a dad, because you're like, Yes, I could do this faster and easier if you would just sit inside and let me just do this on my own. But that's not our job as dads, right? To bring mm-hmm. our kids along, help them learn and be Raise there and all of that. Raise them up as they should. And so Lewis and I are out in the garden. A friend was helping and we, um, uh, every time we would plant one plant, and turn around to plant the next one, he's stomping all over the plant that we just planted. Like, inadvertently, right? Because he turns around and then backs up and then boom, he's stepping right on the, you know. So it's like this constant just kind of, um, no, here, no, oh, no, here, here. Um, And then, oh, I want to use the shovel. And then before I I realize, he's like moving around with this, this, uh, the handle of a rake that is (laughs) four times as long as he is. Yep. And I'm, watching the you know the van window almost be shattered before my eyes multiple times but success we are mulched we are planted we are watered our yard is beginning to look beautiful and um yes we 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 enjoy gardening we enjoy being outside and all of those fun things so it was like all in all a good day even though there was a few moments of anxiety as a dad 
I feel you. I see you. I hear you. <laughs> this I agree could be all over the place. This could be a dad's support podcast. It, it, it kind of is. The, the opening segment of this is always a little bit of a support group for uh, the dads out there. And if we had any listeners, we could do a like call-in segment. Call-in, we- yes. You know, long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Frank from, you know. I mean, we've not that we haven't tried to get uh, audience participation. We've just gotten none, so. <laughs> and, and when you mean none, we mean anybody besides the two of us or our wives. Yep. <laughs> and even then, it's probably more likely your wife than my wife, so. No, she doesn't even listen to it. Well, there we go. We get no. I give her, no, I give her no a hard time support. all the time. She's like, I don't, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. My wife has too many other podcasts that are really high. All of her other cult podcasts are just like, yes. and they, we're not they're priority. We are, and she's run out of stuff. So she listens to us, listens but we, to we us. shouldn't spend some time bashing ourselves on this. Cause that's not going to endear ourselves to future. Uh, Let's talk about something that everybody wanted to bash myself included. Mm-hmm. And is no longer doing so. It is. It has proved us all wrong. I have been an open critic of all things Disney remakes. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't even seen the new Lion King. It took me years, years to see the remake of Beauty and the Beast. I still haven't seen either of the Maleficents. Neither have I. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, just... mm, ah. But there is something about Cruella that piqued my interest. And let me tell you specifically what it was. Okay. It's that they got both Emmas. <laughs> the two both Emmas. Emmas. Like, I've always loved Emma Thompson. Like, I think yep. she's a phenomenal actress. Everything she's Great ever been guy. in. Great bad guy. Yeah, and I mean, like, what can't she do? Like, she's the lovable sweet person she's the quirky odd nanny she's the very eccentric professor trelawney and then i don't know what else i've seen her in that she's just like flat out evil but this was magnificent great bad guy great bad guy which is which is always the hallmark of a good movie is how good is the bad guy hold on to that thought because i i read an interesting article on this today but yes yeah, and I w- then Emma Stone. Yes, yeah, so we have Emma Stone, the lovable Emma Stone. She's playing the psychotic <laughs> Cruella, a little off her rocker, but she's trying. She's trying which, to be good, which endears endears us to her. I mean, we've seen her play kind of the edgy, sarcastic person a few times, but I don't know if we've ever seen her play somebody to this that was insane that was like clinically there was yeah. something wrong with her yeah um and evil so um what were some of your favorite aspects of cruella <laughs> i i love that it kept me guessing like of course you know where it has to get to because this is a prequel to 101 dalmatians uh the story uh, I don't know if this is based off of anything or if they literally just had freedom to just create whatever they wanted to in this, but they created a very vivid backstory for her that was believable, that was that fit so perfectly leading or fit really well into 
the 101 Dalmatians. I think there's still some question marks I have about some of the things, but they 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 created a compelling backstory to make you actually a, a character you would never think in your life. What of all the Disney villains, who's one that I think I could probably relate to? Cruella is nowhere near any any of those lists of people that you're like, oh, I bet you if you really got to know her, she would be a good person. No, not at all. Now, granted, I don't know that I would still want to spend that much time with uh, Stella or Cruella, whatever, because she was definitely off her, definitely in a different headspace. But at the same time, there was plenty of moments where you were actually feeling empathetic for her situation, for what she went through, for the things she put herself through, and psychologically, emotionally, the loss of her mom, all those kinds of things. I, that was impressive to me. And the fact that it kept me on my toes, I really didn't know what was going to be happening next, even though I knew it was going to lead into 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, this was, I, I love a movie that can just take you on a ride and just yep. tell you a good story, right? Um, and and such a good story that you get lost in the fact that you're watching a movie, like you're just kind of sucked into the world. And I think um, what really kind of takes movies to another level for me is when they hit on every level, right? Where you have good acting, you have yep. a good story, yep. you have incredible visuals and cinematography, yep. mm-hmm. you have a great score and soundtrack you you all of these things they did everything just, right they did everything right um i even the supporting cast <laughs> oh yes the, the 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 actors they got for that are jasper phenomenal. and jasper and jasper um, i i can't remember the actor's name but i loved him in yesterday um so even the whole when i first saw him it took me a second to realize who he was um but one of my my favorites, Mark Strong as the butler, was a phenomenal, phenomenal choice. Um, yeah, and I mean, even even the so other Joel Fry was Jasper. Joel Fry, yeah. No, he did he did a great job with that. Um, oh, yesterday I I remember what you were uh, talking about. Now he was also in a little bit of Games of Thrones, but Paul Walter Hauser as Horace, so he good. he was so much fun. So much the fun. Three and, of them, right? The mm-hmm. um, um, Emma Stone as Estella or Cruella, um, and then those two guys. Like, well, he was that also trio. He was so so. Some of his other random films he's been in, I, I recognize him first as the guy from Richard Jewell, which I never saw the film, but he's very iconic. The the way he looked in that film, um, but then I Tanya. <laughs> That was special. His, his his stuff he was doing in Itania was also really really good. So the the he's just been kind of showing up in these weird random parts, and this was like one of his best, some of his best work, I would say, hands down. Yeah, um, the visuals like there there's I wanted as an editor, how were you seeing how they edited this movie because there was a unique pacing and cuts happening all the way through all of this. Oh yeah, no, I, I, it was kinetic in just the way that Mm. they, uh, pieced all the things together. They went from live action to having all these headlines swirling about them, um, as they're like in the montage sequences. No, it was a flashback to hundred, the animated 
cartoon. Oh, it was. They do a lot of headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a lot of headline swirling stuff in the animated. No, I. You're right. It it was it was a great it was a great movie. I I I when I came home, I told my wife it was it was almost like a mixture of Disney meets uh, the Devil Wears Prada meets yeah. uh, a little a twist of a little bit of Joker, but not too much Joker in yeah. there. There was just so many things happening. <laughs> happening in the film i've heard some references to harley quinn which i've not seen yes no 100 yeah i would say that's an even better a twist of harley quinn not so much um joker but um yeah harley quinn would be a good the disney version of harley quinn it's almost like they got an influence from some of that stuff but they're like but we need to make this i was a little i was wondering how close they were going to get to the mark of being like crossing that line of almost like the Disney line. And they never did where it's just like, there's no way this can be a Disney movie. This is, they get right up to it. They get right up to it. They got close to it, but I think overall, I never felt like they really got that close. It was just, they were pretty bombastic in a lot of the uh, decor design and kind of craziness of the characters. But that being said, I, I believed it all the way through. I just I believed it. The only question I have, cause you know, I gotta have a random question that I'm just mm. like, we didn't pay off. So I was feeling, okay, the entire time, okay, I can see how they've set up why she hates Dalmatians because they, the Dalmatians are, spoiler, influential to the story. I was going to say, gonna say that. Us- it's, I'm not going give, to give that away. But they kind of at the end come around and now they're, she's like trained them. So she doesn't really hate them anymore. So... How does that lead into that side of the equation for Hunter and One? They kind of like they almost needed to leave them without trying to use spoilers where they were of like sure, these vicious sure. animals, these ones that were See, trained. And I don't think that this is a spoiler, but there is a moment in Cruella where they think she's made a coat out of Dalmatians, right? Yep. And there's a part of me that wonders like, this movie definitely sets up like she is she has slipped into madness yep that that's almost the path that it goes on is it's not some she's type fully of go, she's gonna try to fully go through with it later right on. it's not revenge it's not because she hates dalmatians it's just like hey remember when i made that fake one here's what it is because that's all and that's the critiques that i've read as well um is that um you know in the in the cartoon the motivation for the villain just kind of made it was more simplistic. So it kind of made more sense on that level where it was just like, here's a crazy woman who loves fur and wants a fur coat out of, out of Dalmatians. Um, And I think this doesn't upend that. It definitely adds another layer to it that I find very interesting. Um, But that's also why I, I say that it wasn't a perfect prequel. Because there's a couple of those loose ends where I'm like, I see what you did, but I don't know that it would fit perfectly as a prequel into the next one. But as a standalone film. Do you think they are trying to be a prequel to the ones that came before it? Or do you think it's trying to be a prequel to one that they're going to make in the future? You think they're going to do a Cruella too? I think there'd be a high demand for it. But I just don't know where you would... You're going to start losing her 
Okay, so Ability one, to be a main character. I, I hope they don't. I hope this movie just stands yep. on its own and we just we just enjoy it. Um, however, they made a Maleficent two Mistress of Evil or whatever. Uh, so of course, when Disney sees an opportunity to make money, they're going to take it, right? Of course, yeah. So if they do, I hope they don't try and make 101 Dalmatians. They already did. That was Glenn Close. She did a great job. I remember th- we'll end up reviewing it on this podcast. Oh, is that part of our list? Um, yeah, uh, it is. So let's just let that one be. L- let's do a s- the sequel to Cruella, but make it the events of 101 Dalmatian solely from her point of view from her perspective interesting i think that could be fun um disney at the, li- at the same wh- time i don't want it at the same time i don't want it you, you're pitching an idea and then retracting it at the same time you should yeah, have just stopped yourself just just let this be just let it <laughs> let it be a great fun movie um however i know okay. disney won't be able to to keep themselves no of course not they're not gonna so the article that I was referencing, I think it was actually like Forbes magazine, which was odd to have Forbes talking. That's about where you all go for movie reviews right there. I know it came up on my Apple news feed. Um, no, they they brought up an interesting point of we've really Disney cartoons don't have uh, an arch nemesis or villain. They've got the protagonists. uh the sorry, the antagonist. Um, but they're usually um like you have Frozen, which you know, Elsa's kind of her own antagonist, kind of weird. Um, you've got Moana, which is really just kind of this sequence of small little antagonists. Um, you know, Ralph, it's really himself. Let's, you know, kind of play on. But the the movies we're reviewing on this podcast, kind of our our classic Disney movies, yep. always had this incredible, incredible villain in it, right? You you said it at, at the beginning here. A movie is only as good as its villain, um, and that was I thought was very interesting that I, I hadn't thought about that uh, until the article brought it up. Of like we've really lost the art of a, just a really good villain. Um, we haven't seen that in a in a Disney movie in a while, at least not to my recollection or or what was pointed out in the article. I mean, Coco had a good one. Yeah, but that's not Disney. That's Pixar. Oh, right? sorry, my I, I'm co- I'm completely wrong. But about I would agree. <laughs> no, no, no. I I would agree. I I think Lux, that's uh, what makes Coco so good is that a there is a good villain and there's a twist with it right it's unexpected yep. twisted villain so it makes it but that's what make this this good because you've got krilla is i mean she she is the main character oh, and she is yeah. but and she also is bad but man what what uh emma thompson brings to it just takes it like you're you that's the way that's the only way you can make cruella rootable like rootable that's not a real word <laughs> uh, someone make you to want root, to root, root for, for them cruella, because right. You need someone who is worse and someone who did this to her kind of stuff, like brought this evilness out of her. Yep. What I mean, besides the obvious one, what is the moment that you like your jaw just dropped open at the Baroness? Um, 
it wasn't i don't think it was a a bunch of things i mean i i mean it definitely was the whistle was a big deal the fact that she was instigating a lot of it um but yeah i i love the moment when she's reviewing all the dresses and she's got the straight razor and she cuts off the sleeves or whatever to cruella's or estella's dress and she accidentally nicks her right and she calls for a piece of fabric the in same color shade, as the her same, blood. Yeah, that was that was great. That was the moment where I'm like, "This is pure villainy. This is so good. This is wonderful." I love the that's, cucumber, that's the, the nine minute cucumber. Um, power naps. Power power naps for exactly nine minutes. Those are great. Oh, um, I, I'll tell you what took this movie over the edge for me in a good way, and that in was a good way. In, in the good way. The the soundtrack. Oh my gosh! Every time, one I loved the score. I felt like it was um, just a good amount of edge to it. Um, but then the soundtrack. Every new song that got played, I was like, oh oh, I love that song. I love this song. It was like an exploration of seventies British rock. <laughs> I mean, it was like one one beat after another, and I mean, not just British. It had other artists in there as well, but primarily British. I've I've been listening to the soundtrack ever since. It's the so little good. kid Cruella was very endearing. Something about her eyes oh, made yeah. her both crazy, but also like, oh, I know she's bad, but I just want to hold her and cuddle her. <laughs> like, it'll be okay, it'll sweetheart. be okay, little girl. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, let's let's also, since this is technically our Disney news section, this is the new movie. We saw this in the two available formats that are available right now. You went to the theaters. Yes, of course. We chose, of course. Um, we wanted to go see it in the theaters, but could not ascertain a babysitter. Oh, okay. And as we were trying to figure all this out, full disclosure... Like most people, we share our Disney Plus subscription with my sister. Yep. Um, and so she texted me as we were trying to find somebody to babysit our kids so we could go see Cruella. She says, hey, I'll go half. So I'm I was, I was wondering. I was like, because $30. <laughs> it's, it's $30. It, that, that's, that doesn't come. That doesn't just like come out of you guys very, very easily. Like we're just going to show no. out $30 for No, for no, 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 no. Not at all. But as soon as my sister's like, we'll go halves, I'm like, sweet. Okay, $15. We can watch this tonight at home. Um, that That's where we went. And I'll tell you, I they make it easy to take your money. Like, it was two clicks and that movie was bought. It's like in-app purchase. And so both through. you and your sister were able to watch it. Like, everybody on your family plan or whatever. Yeah, anybody, anybody who, yeah. Which Any is profile. Just yep. the two of us. Yeah, the profiles can have access to it. That's cool. So yes, I think both of us are saying if you are listening to this right now, go see Cruella, whether shell the money either out in theaters. I would say out in theaters because I love having a reason to go to the theaters. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting this to be the big one. I was expecting like Fast 9 or something else was going to be, but man, this kicked it off. We're, we In the last episode, we talked about all the movies coming, coming down the pipeline uh-huh. and this was a good, this was a good kickoff. I don't, trying to think of the last movie that i mean just in general but even especially in theaters that i was just like left going wow that was awesome 
Yeah, I, I kind of wish we could have seen this in theaters just because I love the theater going experience. And uh, shout out to the SNL clip that you sent me of <laughs> the movies. <laughs> the movies. The movies. I, I think my favorite line in the whole thing was, and that second concession stand that's never open. I was like, yes, yes. If you- what he's talking about is SNL did a sketch where they had uh, Vin Diesel was doing one of those promos that's like trying to get you to come back. A, a Hollywood star trying to get you to go back to the movies, but it's so yeah. bad. It's oh, just it's so all bad. the things that are not worth like the sticky floors. Mm. And and the big one was the con- second concession stand that's never opened. Because every theater does have that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, that was really funny. Um I will be going this week to the movies. The movies. Um, to see um, A Quiet Place Part 2. Ooh. Because that one, that's there's no going. way. Yeah, you that's no it. way I'm not watching that in the theaters. This I, I would have preferred. Um, I think it would have been quite the spectacle. Um, but nonetheless, I have a rather large screen in my basement. Yep. I have... Good sound bar. You know, good sound bar. Um, so it, it compensated, but it's not the same. Yeah. So that is, that is our review. Thanks for, li- oh wait, no, we have an actual movie. Oh wait, wait, we have an actual, we have an actual movie. movie that we were supposed to be. And probably is the title of this. We might have to do Cruella slash the big green on, um, on, on podcast. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so thank you for endearing, for enduring with us, our love of Cruella. Hopefully we didn't spoil too much for you, but please go see it. Uh, in theaters or wherever you can on Disney Plus uh, premium access. but Yeah, and I'll tell you, the premium access, um, I've never felt compelled to do it yet, all the movies that have come out on this, and this one was like right on the edge for me. Uh, so Is it uh, making it easier to do it again? It depends on the movies. Like the next one up, uh, so like we got Luca, Black but Widow. that's coming directly to so yeah, Luke Black Widow, right. Black Widow, Black Widow. Um, I would rather just go. It's Marvel. It's a Marvel film. I, you it's Marvel. Go. I want to see that in the big screen, and then the one after that is the Jungle Cruise, which is my favorite ride. I am definitely You're be seeing in that line in theaters. Opening night. You're yes. gonna be there. Midnight yes. premiere. I'm gonna dress up like The Rock. No, 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 I'm not. Um, uh, but yeah, so. No, I, I don't think I it'll be a while till I do that again. Gotcha. So let's move on to yes. our So let's move on. Today we are going to be reviewing um another movie from 1995. We are still stuck there. <laughs> this is our last one. This we're is done our last with 95 one. After okay, this one. so we're go- this is our last one. We're going to kick off or send off 1995 with <laughs> the last films of that year, which is The Big Green. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, IMDb description for The Big Green is this. A teacher on exchange from England is placed Mm. in an underachieving Texan school where she coaches the children in soccer, improving their self-esteem and leading to unexpected success. Wow, I didn't know this was becoming a sales pitch for a uh, leadership leadership conference. A leadership conference. (laughs) <laughs> featuring michael scott and dwight uh, mr dwight true oh goodness okay eddie where do you where do you want to start with the big green i guess we always start with 
did you watch this as a kid? Was this a rewatchable in your home? Um, I thought it was more frequently, but in kind of thinking back upon it, it was like a couple of times, but I don't think it was like a, as much of a go-to. But I, I do definitely remember seeing this uh, a handful of times as a kid growing up. I don't know that I have ever watched this all the way through before, including this time (laughs) almost, almost didn't make it all the way through. No, I, 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 I don't think I, I've ever watched it all the way through before. I think I've only seen scenes or parts of it because most of this movie was brand new to me. Most of this movie was not anywhere on anything I've actually watched before. So, it was all it was all first time and i don't know that that was very helpful <laughs> for this film to watch it as an adult when you haven't seen it as a kid or anything to really hold on to yeah um i i remembered back to this movie differently than i think reality i thought it was a lot funnier and a lot more heartwarming than it actually was um Let's just say um, my wife did not watch it with me. She just walked by a couple of times while I was watching it. And she just kept going, oh, wow, that's a really bad movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow, oh. that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, we call we call uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers the the hockey show. That's what Lewis oh, likes to call it. Show. We yep. watch we watch the hockey show. And so he asked if this was the the soccer show. The soccer and show. And we were both like, no, no, because no, we don't want this to get Don't remember like, this. No, no, don't no. remember this film. So, yeah, I, this was a very odd. I, um, for some reason, thought that I really enjoyed this movie as a kid. But watching it now, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm struggling to kind of understand why I might have enjoyed this as a kid. It is yeah, it's an half, interesting movie. Half the movie is just sad. The town of Selm, of, uh, Elma. Elma. Well, it's, it's funny. I, I put the word Selma in and that was wrong because I kept on thinking that they were saying the word Selma or trying to make an equation to uh, Selma, but that's hopefully not. It's just the sad. It's not even like cool sad. It's just sad, sad. Like they basically were putting all of the junior high kids in in high school kids in one ju- like like well, single room, of a one classroom, room one room classroom inst- instead of a one room schoolhouse it's a two room schoolhouse two room schoolhouse L- little kids big kids it was so sad i felt bad for all these kids and honestly it sets it up by the the very thing they're doing when you meet the teacher is they are so bored with their lives they put cheetos on themselves and lay on the ground so the birds can come eat it off of them that's how yeah. bad their dire their situation is. And it's not even like cool in the little town or whatever. It, this is just sad. So you bring up that moment um, and, and I want to highlight a, a unique aspect of this movie. That, that particular moment is the first time we see it. The introduction of the teacher. And of course, I'm I'm. I'm referring to the opposite of a slow-mo, the sped up. Oh, so many sped up squeeze sequences in this. 
so many. I mean, like at least half a dozen, maybe. It's like they get tired um, of the sequences and just sped them up. Right, where it's like, oh, did we really take this long to film this? Oh, you know, let's just speed it up and put some funny music behind it. And people will think we did this on purpose. It's just awkward. It's just it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can can you think of my uh, my favorite kind of cringe moment? It happens early on when a new student comes to uh, the classroom. I mean, there's so many. Oh, I mean, there was the uh, I think that was before Reaganomics. That was definitely one of the random <laughs> random lines. In it, like, I do. Re- I do remember that that random line. No, I was thinking when the principal comes and introduces the new student as Juwan. And I was like, Juwan, what? Juwan, what? what is going on? Oh, Whoa, Juan. Juan. Yep. Juan, she mispronounces. I was like, oh. There were so many. Yeah, I this was a hard one to keep watching all the way through. Um, they bring back uh, Jay Huffer. They bring back the guy from uh, Angels in the Outfield. Yes, to be another do. bad guy. So that kind of leveled it up slightly because we always hate this guy and all of his swords. So same writer, uh, writer director of Angels in the Outfield. It was like a same team left and Angels like, in the Outfield and went on to this. And like Angels in the Outfield, was this also based on a true story? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just wondering, just just wondering. I, I did. I tried to find a little bit, but I couldn't find it. Uh, so I think they were trying to hit something by bringing, we'll bring, what's his name from uh, uh, Angels in the Outfield, trying to bring in Patrick Reyna from um, The Sandlot. Yeah. But overall... I, I was not engaged with the film. I didn't care about what was going on. The it's kids are annoying at the front at the front yeah. of this. Um, the teachers they try. They try some of the Mighty Ducks kind of tricks, right? Of like the little tropes, the, the one liners. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the weird sequence where the sheriff's teaching the kids how to drive in the middle of a field. And he just happens to be able to, f- you know, turn the car around mid mid chase i can't remember what that's called but it's like hold on i thought you were teaching them how to drive um yeah there's just kind of like oh let's have the cows mow the grass for us oh he steps in cow poop ah. you know it 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 was trying to have these but there was no there was no thread to 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 sew it all together to kind of make it a cohesive movie Yes. One thing I will, I, one thing I do appreciate, this is, this is a, this is a deep cut because most, basically no one would be caring about this at all, but I'm always fascinated with how they film. Like most of the time, like in, in probably Mighty Ducks, they probably had a lot of stand in body doubles for the actual hockey playing stuff like that. This felt like real kids Kenny, playing. Kenny so- Wu can, can do Kenny, it. Ken, now Kenny Wu can do it. Yeah. This just proved it. This felt like they, there was a lot of sequences to its good, like to its reality and detriment that really felt like they just suited the kids up and said, go play for a little bit. Sure. And just, they were running around their kids. It, it, I was like, wow, these are, they didn't just like do the zoom in on the feet and then show all the cool mm-hmm. tricks. It was like that kid Juan could play. That yeah. kid, that kid was an actual soccer player. And I think they probably not an actual actor. <laughs> but an actual that was going to be the turn of it but there was a couple there was a couple of the other other kids um 
Uh, I don't know about the twins, but uh, a couple of the other blonde, <laughs> blonde, blonde, blonde headed kids. The twins kids, that always talk about being twins. Yeah, they they definitely were not very good. <laughs> um, but some of the kids, I was like, wow, they just they just filmed a sequence where they did a corner kick, and then a kid headed it into the goal, and you saw the whole thing. There was no like inner splicing right. of things. Ha- right. Like that actually happened. They actually got right. a kid to do that. These are actual soccer playing kids. That just had to fake being bad at the front, and then they were good at the end. There was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. They actually did that. Now, granted, it didn't save the movie <laughs> by any means. But I, I, me, from my own personal experience, being a kid who grew up playing a lot of soccer, yeah. I was like, these are actual soccer-playing kids that are, that are doing this. This is okay. Okay, gotcha. And Juan, you are really good at soccer. And if that doesn't save the movie, I think what definitely does is all the sequences of the other teams turning into weird adversaries for <laughs> Larry the goalie. For Larry the goalie. The the Buccaneers. Um, I think though my favorite is the motocross game. Oh yeah, where they where they hit the hit the hit it with the, the ball in hit with the, the ball wheel. in with there. Poor Larry, he was just never meant to never meant to be a goalie. So I was thinking about this. Um, why does this not work, right? Uh, you've got kind of two two sets of movies. You've got your, uh, let's say, the Mighty Ducks, Cool Runnings, Disney sports films. Okay? Yep. That's over here in this corner. You see the visuals. Over here in this other corner, you've got Disney's probably more famous, like more well-renowned ones like Remember the Titans, Miracle, The Rookie, right? The early 2000s. They just, just kind of have these one. I feel like this movie, it doesn't know which one it is. Like there's these moments where they're clearly trying to be um, just kind of slapstick, a little bit kind of Mighty Ducks, Cool Runnings, funny, but it's not. So it just doesn't work, right? And then there's these moments where it tries to be kind of a rookie, remember the Titans, uh, you know, McFarland, USA, where it's like, man, rough town. These kids are trying to McFarland, rise up. That's a deep cut. I liked that one. I liked um, that way more than I thought I was going to. I did not want to watch the movie and I enjoyed it. Sure. Uh, a sports movie about cross country running, you know, that just sells itself. Um, in Modesto or whatever do you you know what I mean though like it doesn't it doesn't hit either of those like those are the two typical Disney sports movies and it it tries at moments to be either one of those but it just doesn't rise up and and meet it I think I think I'd go a little bit different direction with this I would say that trying to make it's easier to try to make a realistic heartwarming uh sports film i think that's a lot i think that's a lot easier than to try to get magic in a bottle sure with a with a comedic piece like cool runnings and and um the mighty ducks because you really gotta want to be with those characters i think that's a huge piece of it you gotta want to be in the locker room with these guys there has to be something that you're like they may make fun of each other, but man, I just want to hang out with these guys. Right. And I'm, I mean, this is not a Disney movie, but you brought it up earlier. The Sandlot yep. works because you 
you either want to hang out with that group of boys or probably what's more compelling is that you had a group of friends like them that you hung out with. So you identified with that. This, it's like, so they were annoying. Yeah, they were not compelling. They were not fun. They were. I And you know what it is? I think it's because I was I was just grossed out. One, I don't like birds very much. And <laughs> the whole sequence of them laying on the ground and feeding the birds. I, I, I don't know that I ever emotionally got over that scene. I think I'm still not over that scene. And from then on, I was just out on this film because like if these are the same kids I'm supposed to be hang, like wanting to be with, then no, just just the answer is no. <laughs> If that, yeah, yeah, it it um, I and I'm it's trying to be in the vein of Sandlot, a Mighty Duck. It's trying and it's e- failing. Ev- yeah, and and fail. I and even though they wrote and they were the you know they did Angels in the Outfield, it just doesn't even get any near that either it's just kind of um there's no real braverman character in this where he's like right. the, the compelling like uh mm-hmm. fast talking like just shut up like you don't right. get that kid you just they're just mocking the teacher when trying to help them they're not very good like they tr- I, honestly it's just it's i think it's that i wasn't i wasn't i didn't want to hang out with these kids i didn't want to be around yeah. them i didn't have any connection whatsoever and granted i'm watching this as a 30 something year old adult now um i didn't have the emotions of watching this as as a child so yeah um we'll have to let our kids watch it when they're a little bit older and see if they actually enjoy it or not i think we'll just pass on it i don't think anyone will pass on it pretty hurt on it uh random but because i'm just full of the random ones that intro animation with the goat what was that all about what was that all about thank you for bringing that up because it's not just the intro but there's the random like uh uh, drawing on the sidewalk to tell you how many games they've won or not or that they're going to state finals that i'm like why are you this is weird it's like somebody went hey we've just got this new technology you ought to check it out (laughs) Let's use it in our next film. Oh, what is it? Oh, Big Green. Um, yeah, figure it out. I can't believe that someone from the animation department, the the real animation department at Disney, didn't preview screen this and go, guys, you this understand this is from the same studio that made The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. We cannot let this crappy animation have our logo attached to it. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. Yeah. I, I felt bad for them. Another random thing, uh, when we're talking about things that would, uh, if we we're going to remake this movie in 2021, which they wouldn't, this would not be anywhere near no, the they, top of No, they did the kicking and screaming. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the, the bet, the, <laughs> the bet that the coaches have, that's not happening. Yeah, the kiss, that's not happening. Definitely never going to ever, ever happen. Um, the, the the winning coach gets to kiss her. Yeah, that's just just hard pass on that for the remake of this. Yeah, there was a few kind of little things in here that were a bit cringeworthy, but what can you say? It was the mid-90s. 
it's the mid 90s and this was not one of the best moments of 19 <laughs> of the 90s and kind of a sad way to go out on 1995 which had a lot of other big moments um granted we weren't supposed to leave this on 1995 we were supposed to leave on toy story but we swapped it around a little bit so that we could have something more fun to talk about in person aren't you glad we didn't so do glad. this one in person yeah so glad yeah. we did that so so i'm a one you're uh one there we go thanks for listening <laughs> no <laughs> that's all the rating we're gonna give it we don't even want to spend that much time on it um Eddie, we didn't talk about this in because we're just going to hard move on from this. We didn't talk about this in person, but uh, next week we uh, check the notes, check the notes. I'm going to scroll down here and see what Eddie decided uh, on this. Uh, so next week we should make a make an executive <laughs> decision right now. Um, we like to based, whenever there's based a, off of the, the notes that I wrote. Yep. You should make the executive decision. The executive decision based off of the notes that Eddie gave me the uh, in the executive summary that uh, I was. We texted about it, so it works too. The uh, I'm just not ready for more JTT quite yet. I need I need I need a palate cleanser. So um, we we like to um, because this is our podcast and we do whatever we want to, obviously. Uh, and we'd like to talk about Disney movies that, um, especially on Disney Plus, that just came out. Uh, we just had another series that we've been alluding to, talking about here or there, um, which is the Mighty Ducks remake, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, that just is, finished up. Is it a remake? It's, we'll discuss it. Tune in next week. So we've got. Uh, I need to. I need to finish up the last episode still myself, but we're gonna we're gonna take a pause on our normal walkthrough from 1988 through 2005 to hit up um, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers series, give ourselves a week, a palate cleanser before we have to re-engage with more potentially bad <laughs> to 1990s, a 1996 film. Um, so next week, we're going to talk about Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So watch out for that. We're not going to bait and switch you and say we're going to talk about one movie when we're talking about another <laughs> like we did today. But I think you would have enjoyed more of our talk about Corella, anyways. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for watching, watching, listening, whatever, whatever you guys are doing out there. Thank you so much for the few of you that are actually watching this. So thanks. 